Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Joyce, who had a near-death experience during surgery, which we're going to talk about today and more. Joyce, thank you for joining me and welcome. Thank you for having me as a guest. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Joyce, can you please start on the day of your surgery and go from there? Sure. So I had been diagnosed with thyroid cancer when I was 26. And I had one surgery on the left side. And I thought it was all, that was it, it was done. But it wasn't because 13 months later, it had grown they didn't get it all out, and I had it on the right side. So I had to go back for another operation. And the doctors that I had chosen, unfortunately, there was a hospital strike in New York City like that month. So I had to go to someone else in Long Island. And I remember clearly I was terrified of him. I just, I just felt instinctively I wasn't going to make it through this operation, but for some reason I went through with it. And as they were putting me under with the anesthesia, I remember clearly saying my goodbyes to people that I cared about. And the next thing I knew, I was at the top of the OR room, sitting, looking down, and on my right side, so clear I could see him now, was Archangel Michael. And I remember not even being surprised or shocked or nothing, just like comforting. I felt comforted by his presence. And he, I have to tell you, he was quite large <laughs> and quite, there are no really words to describe what an angel looks like or what you feel about you're looking and being in the presence of a real archangel. But it was very calming to me, and I felt no fear anymore. And he had put his wing around me. I could, we were like enveloped in his white, blue, gold light of love and healing. That's what I felt. And he told me clearly, you're not going to die. I'm here with you, and we're going to stay here until it's done. And the operation took six and a half hours. And we were up at the top of the OR room looking down. I could have described it years ago. I have, I forgot about it because I just didn't want to know anymore. Um, but I watched my operation with Archangel Michael. And I felt like nothing I ever felt. It's hard to describe the calmness that comes over you when you have a celestial being of that high level. And, and then I woke up. I was in my room, intensive care, whatever, and I was fine. I was obviously, I lived through it. 
And that whole thing, that experience was like, did it really happen? I'm questioning, was he really there? And then I went, absolutely, because I, I came out of the surgery that I, I was convinced I was going to die. And I did not. And I, that really, that altered my life. It really did. It made me feel that I had more to do on the planet while I was here than just to do my regular job that I had. I just felt there was something for me to share with other people so I could alleviate some of the fears that they had about dying. Most people feel, many people feel that once the body is gone, you're gone. And that I know is not true. Our soul, our main energy, we continue forever. We don't, we don't die. We continue on, but in, at a different level, at a different point. And <clears throat> I even believe we can come back. I do believe in reincarnation. I've actually seen and worked with people who have had memories of coming back. I myself have probably had at least 22 reincarnations during my lifetimes. Um, and I tell people this, I share this with them so that they can start believing and not fearing. I think, especially here in America, people really feel afraid of not being here anymore. And I think there's a better place, an easier place for all of us. Uh, once we're not in our bodies, we can feel true love, true magic. I call it magic. Once you start realizing that we are all connected, number one, that I have to take a drink. I'm sorry. Okay. There is a journey that we each individually have to take in this life. And it takes us to the next level of where we should be. This is in my opinion. I know you said there are no words to describe Archangel Michael, but can you try? Yeah, because he's right here in the room with me now. He's quite large. That's how I see him. And he's beautiful. And he has long, curly, wavy blonde hair, like below his shoulders, with the most blue. Oh my God, his eyes are brilliantly blue, like azure blue, like the Greek ocean. It's they're clear, and they're so full of. He emanates love. That's just what I felt from him. The vibration was so high and so sweet. And so warm and caring. And he does have wings. And they're huge. And they're very white. And very comforting. Um, he was actually all. He was dressed. He looked like he was dressed in white. But I don't know if he had white clothes on. Or it was just the light that he emanated. It was like no, no one. Nothing I've ever seen before. Or since. And I've seen. 
I've seen angel, but angels, but they've been in human form. Um, and he was kind. He was so, so kind, Jeff. I felt the safest I've ever felt in my life with him. Did you have any other conversations with him? And if so, do you remember them? You know, it's all mental telepathy. It's, you don't hear words spoken. And I just, I do clearly remember him looking at me and saying, telling me I was safe. I was going to wake up and that the cancer would be gone. Uh, and even though it was a six and a half hour operation, I have to tell you the time went boom like that. It was just so quick. I didn't feel it was that long. And I know it was his presence that did that. After the operation, did you tell anybody that you had this NDE? <laughs> Are you kidding? Everybody thought I was crazy anyway. She talks to animals. She does energy work. And she talks to angels and they talk to her. Yeah, right. No. And I lived in Manhattan, don't forget. the most One of the most jaded cities of all at that time. I don't know. I, I didn't even tell my best friend. No, not for a long time. Before we started recording, you mentioned that you were psychic. After this experience, did you have any other new abilities? I think what I believe what happened was because of that experience, I, I believed 150% in this whole thing. I really found that this put me over into a whole other different level of belief and wanting to do this work and wanting to help other people learn about this and deal with their traumas and their fears. So I would say, yes, it definitely, it definitely affected me emotionally and spiritually. Um, I've never been a very organized religion type person. But spiritually, I have always believed that there's more. It's not just this life. It's just not this life that we have in our bodies. There's a lot more going on beneath the surface, if you will. Um, and more and more, I began to have interactions with those who have passed over or even those who were stuck here. I have actually helped some souls pass over because they were stuck here on the earth planet plane rather than going to where they needed to be. Um, one of those was a little girl. I'll never forget her. She had to be eight years old. Victorian clothes. It was what she was wearing. And she was stuck in one of my clients' retail stores down in Fort Lauderdale. This woman called me and said, my, ha my place is haunted. Can you come and get rid of it? And I went, well, I'll try. I don't know, but I'll try. And I get down there. And where she told me she thought something was, there was nothing. But as I'm walking back towards the front of the store, I felt like my arm being pulled into a dressing room. And sure enough, there was this child who had been dead since close to 1900. And she and I started talking and she told me 
She couldn't find her cat. She wasn't leaving without her cat. And so that's what I did for her. I actually found her cat. The cat and she reunited. And next thing, oh my God, Jeff, I saw them walk into the light. Both of them. And I stood there and I, I who, have, who always have something to say, could say nothing. I was, I was so taken by the moment, number one, that I, that I did this, that I was able to help with my, my energies around me, helping me guide her, her freedom, if you will. And she had to be, she was stuck here for years. You know, that I believe in everything. There's nothing you can tell me that I wouldn't believe. I believe in spaceships because I've seen them. I've seen aliens in people. Um, those of us walking around here who are open, we see and hear a lot. I've had people ask me, well, if they talk to you all the time, are you going crazy? Does it make you nuts? Can you rest? I, good question. I do. I tell them. You, you have to leave me alone today. I can't. I can't do it. Um, and they do. There is a control button for this. For those of us who are here would go crazy. Tell us about some of your other NDEs. <sighs> they involved car accidents, both of them. <clears throat> One, I was a passenger in a car with a friend of mine up in Woodstock, New York. And we were coming back to our accommodations my friend drove off the road and we hit a giant boulder on the side of the road on my side of course and I remember going through the windshield and getting knocked out and I don't really remember much of anything after that because I definitely had a huge concussion but I was gone for a few minutes and I felt and heard my friend Andrea, who had passed years before, I felt her arms around me and hugging me. And she said, I'm here with you and you will walk away from this. And I did. And that was, I, re I thought it was gone. There was another, I felt gone. I felt light, I felt warmth, I felt a whole different, physicality but she told me i you know all the ndes i've had i've heard you're just not ready to leave we have work for you that's what i keep hearing you have more work to and that's what archangel michael said you have more work to do you can't go and i think those of us who've had ndes i think that somewhere in that memory we we get that otherwise why would we have lived through it do you think that you planned the work that you do pre-birth? <laughs> or was it planned for me? I don't know which is the answer, but I definitely believe that I came down here um, and that was my assignment. Yes. I didn't come down here just to have fun and whatever. I came down here as a light worker. And 
it took me a while to really understand what that meant and to figure out how to do it or be it. But it's just, it's not difficult. It really isn't difficult. It just, you just let it go. You just let it happen. It's like talking to, it's like talking to my little, I have a miniature horse that I rescued. Mm, or he rescued me. It's, it was mutual. And he is a healer. And we actually have done work together with children on the autistic level or some emotional level. And I've seen this boy, the horse, do magic with kids. Um, and I know, during, I don't believe in any uh, things that just happen by happenstance. There are no coincidences. I think one thing leads to another. And I think what's going on now globally is for those of us who get it to really enlighten and waken up other light workers to help fix what's going on here. And I don't believe in accidents. Now you've had another NDE where I believe you saw your mother on the other side, right? <laughs> My mom, Shirley is her name. She has come to me multiple times since her passing. And this was a terrible car accident that I, I had here in Florida. And my car flipped three times, landed upright. And as I was flipping, I remember holding onto the steering wheel really tight. And I remember things that I said. And all of a sudden, my car filled with that light, that white light that is indescribable. And my mom had her arms around me and she was telling me again I'm going to make it through do not be afraid I'm here with you and you will be fine and the car landed actually right side up but there was only one tire left all the windows were broken the car was totaled and somehow I I know I didn't open the door there was no way I could open that door but the door opened and I somehow got out of that mess. And I remember, I know I was in shock and a couple of really, I think I call them my angels. They stopped to help me. And the fact that I lived through that accident, it just confirmed to me that I definitely, I'm here for a reason. And I think <clears throat> people who have these kind of gifts we can't waste them. We need to use them and help other people deal with their trauma, their issues, and make them stronger so that they can help others. Isn't that what it's all about? I think. Would you agree that a lot of people need help? Yes, I do. I meet them all the time. And I talk, to, I talk a lot to people. Uh, just casually in a store, in the street. And once it's interesting, 
I don't know if it's just me or the fact that I'm reaching out to them in a casual way, but they stop and talk to me. And I could see a difference in them when we walk away from each other. I, and they, a lot of them have thanked me for things that I've said. Sometimes, Jeff, I wonder who the hell I am, <laughs> where I came from. I really, I do. It's like, there's all this stuff going on inside me, and I know it's going on inside many other people like me. So I'm not out here by myself, but it's, sometimes it could be hard. Why do you think we keep reincarnating over and over? Because we ain't finished. I think we have more work to do on ourselves more than anything. And I don't talk about karma because I don't even know if I believe in that. I just think that there are, there are rules in the universe. And if we don't, and we need to, uh, we need to pay attention to those rules. And we need to share with other people the positive side of life because you know and all your viewers know it's not an easy ride here we struggle and if i can help somebody struggle less by listening to them number one because most people don't even know how to listen to somebody it's not just about shutting your mouth it's about really hearing what they're saying and questioning if you don't understand what's coming out. And I choose to be here to help people. I'm pretty sure that's a choice. Before we were recording, you mentioned that you are an animal communicator. Do you mean that you help animals or you use animals to help people? Both. So, I have been an animal, passionate animal person since I came out of my mother, I'm sure. I drove them crazy with bringing home different animals. My mother would be afraid to open the door when I'd, knock, when I'd try to get in. Um, they're my friends. They're my family. I have actually, <laughs> okay, I can say it on your show. I've actually done some shape shifting in my life. and. I find when I do that, I really get a better understanding of the animal that I'm dealing with. I mean, I did, I've dealt with dogs and horses and cats and birds, but I've also dealt with a lot of wild animals out there. Um, they trust me and I trust them. And it's not, you know, it's, it's telepathy. That's how you communicate with an animal. And it's, and I teach people how to do this. It's not just, it's a gift, yes, but I could teach you how to communicate better with your pet and pick up signs of when they're not feeling well. And I don't call myself a medical intuitive, but I can do that. It's part of the whole book, if you will. Um, animals have talked to me, they're my best friends. In fact, sometimes I'd rather be with them than with people. It's, you know, they're unconditional. They're just, they're just there for you. Um, so, yeah, 
I and those who have passed over, I help them message their owner. And I help their owners get through the grieving period, make it easier on them, because it's it's very hard to lose a pet. I don't know if you've ever had an, an animal, but unconditional love, unconditional relationship, those are really hard to lose. And people do grieve. And there are people who make fun of people who grieve over it's just an animal. No, it's not an just an animal. It's another sentient being. So I try to help people understand their pets and understand their feelings with their pets. I had a woman get in touch with me yesterday about a cat, her cat, who was quite ill. And I gave her a message about what the cat, I picked up what he needed and he's much better today. And that makes me, that makes me happy. You know, if I could help you or you or you, I feel good about that. You mentioned shape-shifting. Do you mean that you do it energetically or physically? I don't look like a horse when I shift, but I, I feel I do. I feel I do. Um, so I have to say energetically. For other people to look at me, they would not see a tail and hose. They would see Joyce. But I know that I know that I'm in horse form. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's even possible that the horse may see you as a horse in some way. Yes, that that happens on their side. Yes. Um, But there's animals are so evolved in the level of compassion and understanding and love. They see so much more than we do as humans. They see, they feel more. I know it sounds crazy, but they feel more and they don't look at things the way humans do. Theirs is more of an acceptance of life and death. Um, And their energy comes through to me a lot of times, like my, my horse, when I go to the barn to be with him, he helps me feel better that day. And two of us go running around like two maniacs. <laughs> like two horses. You mentioned to me before the podcast that you are also a Reiki master. How long have you been practicing that? I got certified 2010. So I've been practicing it since 2010. And again, like a muscle, the more you do it, the stronger it gets. And I do distance healing as well. I've sent it, I've sent it all over the world and gotten back positive feedback. Um, for which I'm gra- I'm very grateful for these gifts. I am. Because I could do a lot more than if I was just Joyce <laughs> without these gifts. Earlier, you mentioned that Archangel Michael is with you now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's with me a lot. I was going to say, is he with you often? Because I talk to him a lot. 
I call on him and Archangel Gabriel and Raphael. I mean, all of them, they're, they're in my field. You know, they're just, I talk to the ascended ones. Um, and I ask, what people don't realize, you need to ask for interaction. Angels can't help us if we don't ask. I don't know who made that rule up, but that's really where it's at. If you don't talk to them, it's like talking to people who've passed. People go, oh, they won't. I don't hear them. They won't talk to me. Well, have you talked to them? Have you opened up a conversation? It's like any, you know, you, you're talking, you're sitting and having coffee with somebody. If you're not going to talk to each other, there's no conversation. It's the same thing with an animal, with a, an angel, with a guide, a guardian. Um, you have to reach out and ask for help. And this is something I encourage people to do. And when I do my sessions, because I have intuitive counseling set up, and I give people tools to help themselves when they get off the phone with me or they get off, you know, they leave because I have either home visits or um, on the phone or Zoom like you. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Can you give us some examples of those tools? I'm going to give you the first one that I find really, really important. And it's called self-love. We do not love each other, ourselves enough. We do not sit there and go, God, you are amazing. I am amazing. I am unique. I am special. I'm here because I'm supposed to be. So that would be my first thing. When I've done events, I've actually had people it's a mirror sitting on their chair and I ask them to pick the mirror up and look, really look at themselves and say, I love you. I love you. And a lot of people, they can't do it, Jeff. They freeze. Why do you think that is? Because they don't love themselves because they don't accept who they are. You know, you, you can't be perfect. No one is perfect. You can only try to do as good for yourself and others as you can. And a lot of people feel failures. We don't fail. If we pick ourselves up and try again, that's not a failure. That's a learning lesson. Everything, I believe everything in this life is a learning lesson. And that's another tool I tell people. You need to understand that what you're doing is for you to learn something from this and if you can to teach somebody else what you've learned so those are a few of the things that i work with people on and acceptance self-acceptance we criticize ourselves too much we just we're always slapping ourselves instead of patting ourselves on the back and encouraging you need encouragement and support and love and where else to go but self for that first dose of love after mom <laughs> is loving yourself and accepting who you are. How do you advise people who are grieving over the loss of a loved one? I think one of the first things I do is to let them know you're allowed to grieve. 
you absolutely have to grieve. And if you have to be angry, and if you have to cry or throw things at a wall, not at somebody, then do it. However it is, however you can get to the point of relief. Because most grief, grieving is a very strong, probably one of the strongest emotions we have. When you feel that you've lost someone, that's pretty scary. If you love somebody for whatever amount of time and all of a sudden they're physically not there, it's very hard for somebody to wake up and go, another day without them, another day without my dog or my mother or my lover, whatever. And I try and show them that they're not gone. Yes, they're gone in body, but in spirit, they're here. I've told people, I remember this one gentleman we were doing, it was a Reiki session. And all of a sudden I, I looked at him and I said, you had a dog? You had a, and I described the dog to him and I said, and she always wore a red sweater and sat down by your feet. I thought he was going to fall over. He just like, his mouth dropped open and he went, how do you know? I said, she's sitting right here in front of you. And that, that man took that with him. And I, I know he felt better because his dog was still with him. In spirit, the energy is there. Once you love, once you love, once you have, you cannot get rid, you can't dissipate love. It cannot be destroyed. And that energy surrounds you if you're open to it. And that's what I try to do is I open people's minds to being able to feel. You're not going to see it. I'll see it. Maybe you'll see it. But you could feel some energy around you. I've had people tell me, they felt their dog or cat walk by because they felt a tickle of like fur on their leg. And that's what I want you to walk away with. I want you to know that that loving animal or person is still with you. When you were with Archangel Michael during your NDE, was it just as real as you and me sitting here talking? Oh God, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, in living color. And I could hear him clearly like I hear you speaking, but no one else heard him or saw him. I'm sure they didn't see me up there either. My body was on a table. Yeah, I definitely, it was very real. What inspires you about your near-death experience? Well, we'll start with the fact that I lived. <laughs> that, that would be my first re reaction. And... And my second would be that I lived and that I went through this. And there is more meaning here and more content that we don't even realize. Um, it's like, there are things in life we can find it hard to believe. Truth is stranger than fiction, always, in my mind. When you, you asked me about one of my NDEs and it was my mother, my mother was there. My mom, since 
when she passed, the morning she passed, she called me. Sitting in the dining room with my aunt, my uncle, my daughter, and another woman, my phone rings at six o'clock in the morning. And I go to answer it. Jeff, I stood there and I was like frozen because when I picked up the phone, I heard my mother's voice and I knew she had already died like an hour ago. She had left her body. And it wasn't a regular phone call from the phone company because the, the sound was very strange, out of, out of worldly, if you would, uh, definitely out of world. And I heard my mother tell me that she loved me and that she was fine and healthy and I shouldn't cry. And my aunt, meanwhile, kept going, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And when, and then the phone went dead, completely dead. And I stood there for another minute or so trying to get myself together. And I turned around and said, you're not going to believe me, but that was my mom. And they were stunned. I was stunned for weeks after that, that, that she had been able to reach out to me in that way. It was magical for me. These are the kind of things that happened to me a lot in my lifetime. I've had, would you call that a near-death experience? I don't know. I was there with my mother, wherever she was. I was there for that brief second, few seconds on the phone. I've had situations with my best girlfriend when she passed. She came and she picked me up and took me in a all of a sudden, we were in a car, and the next thing I knew, we were sitting at a table at a cafe, and food was on the table, and I'm like, Andrea, how is this happening? And she laughed at me. She says, anything you want, you can create. You can manifest anything. And that experience set me in a whole different direction. How can I manifest being in heaven? How can I manifest sitting at a table with my physically dead friend and enjoying a visit with her. There is so much out here that we do not understand. And I don't think we have. To. I think we just have to go with it, ride with it, if you will. Um, and accept whatever lessons we learn from it. Are there any tips that you can give us to start manifesting? Sure, I can try. The thing I say to most people, because they nobody breathes, you could see it. Everybody's like tense and stressed, and you can't do anything with your body and your mind if you're all stressed out. So I tell people, please breathe, take a deep breath in, and as you're taking that breath in, see all the junk that's making you crazy and tense, and then let it out. Like, but don't just let the breath out. Make a sound, you know, like get it out and do that maybe three or four times and get yourself into a meditative state where you're now feeling so relaxed that you take it from the top of your head all the way down to your toes, relaxing and traveling. 
I do a lot of travel meditations, um, and I bring people there with blue white light, uh, the ascended ones. I take them gently through the roof <laughs> and up, elevate, just keep going up. It's great. Or I will go down in the earth to the rock people and to the fabulous lights down there that this blue light to me, for me, you know, everybody sees something different in my opinion, but I think the energy base is the same. It's all about healing and helping and loving and kindness. The things that we need so much more of in this world now is to look at someone else. I mean, I'll walk down the block and I'll feel someone's pain. I'll see them and I'll go, oh my God, this is going on with them. And if I can, if I feel that they'll accept it, I'll kind of walk up and start an easy conversation with them and try to give them some tips without them even realizing it, you know, to help them get through the day. I think a simple compliment to somebody. Wow, you look great today. I've done that with strangers that I have. I don't even know who they are, but I'll see a woman in a, in a great outfit or great shoes, her hair's done. And I'll walk up to her and tell her. And it's interesting. The reaction is always like, they take a step back. What? And they think about it and, and look at me and they say, thank you. Thank you. And I could just see this <sighs> stress. Because who am I? I'm a stranger. I walk up to you and I tell you, you look beautiful today. I love doing that because I love how it makes the person feel. And I feel good from that too. You know, it's a two way street. You make somebody feel good and happy, you have to walk away feeling the same. I think it's possible that we can also manifest negative things into our life. Oh, hell yes. How do we avoid doing that? Cliche you have to stay positive. You really, it's such an easy answer, but it's so hard to do. Try to be positive when you lost your job or you lost your health or somebody that you care about is struggling. How do you maintain a positive attitude when things are in the crapper? Well, that to me is the time that you need to maintain that even more than when you're going along and everything is smooth. You need to tell yourself, I'm in this moment now, but this is not forever. This will change. This will change. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is forever. And what place do you, what, where do you go that makes you happy? Do you like being at a beach? Do you like being in a forest? Do you like being, you know, in the city? What? What takes you into a place of happiness for your heart and your mind? I do that with people a lot. And that, that stops them because then they have to a, think. You make them think of what makes them feel good. And once I get them there, I can get them into a meditation. And we work on it from there. But it's something you, ha you have to do every day. I tell people, please meditate daily. I can't. I, I can't stop the monkeys in my head. Can you do it for one minute? 
one minute. And I usually give them, I work a lot with crystals and different stones. I love rocks. And I give people that I work with, I'll give them like a handful of stones for them and tell them, I want you to take a different stone every day. I don't care if you do it in the morning or at night. And I want you to sit there and try to meditate. But you're holding that stone in your hand and that's what you're thinking about. That's where you're coming from. Shut off all the other stuff. Stop the monkeys from running around your head. And it's not easy, and I know that, but it's practice. Again, it's repetitive practice. You have to. You have to. If you want to feel better, better, you have to do the work. It's work. It's not. I can't hand you a, a workbook or a program and you feel better because I gave you a piece of paper with words on it. You have to do the work. After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? And if so, Absolutely. how should they reach you? They could go to my email address, which is spiritdancer76 at gmail.com. They can call me on my business phone, 561-480-4892. At the moment, I do not have a website because I just don't. But I'm also on Instagram under my name. And my name is spelled with two C's. Joyce is with two C's. And was I born that way? No. But I was, I was informed by a gal who was a numerologist to add the other C and and I did, and it's it's been very fun because uh, people go, is that how you spell it? You know, they doubt they doubt you. It's like it's not what they heard before. Yeah. So Joyce Brodsky, Instagram, that's it, and the Spirit Dancer seventy six at gmail dot com, and my phone number. And I will call you back, and I will return your email. And set up an appointment if you'd like. Absolutely. That would be great. I'd love to help anybody who's out there. And if you have an animal that you want to communicate with, I'd love to help that too. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? I would like to say this to all of your listeners and to you as well. As dark as it seems at the moment, there is always light. Look up, look up and reach for the stars because they are there. And love yourself. Please look at you and go, I love you. I really love you. If you can love yourself, you can love somebody else. That would be it. Joyce, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Oh my God, thank you for hosting. I had, a, I had such a good time with you. I appreciate this time. Thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.